Hey guys, welcome back to Table Talk with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Taylor, and this is Table Talk. This podcast hopes to serve a purpose by being a virtual table where I can gather my friends around and we share stories of courage, inspiration, and faith. I'm so excited to have you joining me today. Let's Table Talk. Beautiful. Okay, so there's this is my nice. couch. This is my blanket. I love it. So, what I is that care. wicker thing on that left side? So, Tiff, that is one of the pieces for my basket wall, but I can't find my hammer right now. And so, oh. it's just, I, I love it so much. So, I wanted it. I wanted to see it, but it's not hanging up. But soon they'll be like, pew, 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 pew. Mm-hmm. and there's like some really good ones. So, um, once I find that hammer, Whoa, we are going to get that up <laughs> on the wall. <laughs> did y'all get, did you get those at the thrift store? Yes. I got every, most things that I own from the thrift store and yes, all of my baskets that will be on the wall are from the thrift store, except for one, which was given to me by Chelsea Schwecker, one mm-hmm. of my students when she mm-hmm. gave me all that cute stuff. Mm-hmm. So one of them will be on there. One of them are dream. I know. That's so cool. I can't wait to see it. That's very popular these days. It is so popular. I'm going to get so trendy. I'm also going to have a circle mirror. So (gasps) look at my circle mirror. Where did you get that one from? We got this at uh, Ross probably. Oh, Ross. I don't have one of those in my neck. No, no, no. We tried Ross and they didn't have it. I think it ended up being TJ Maxx. I just looked at TJ's and they didn't have any either. I have a, a large one that will be in my living room, but I need a smaller one for my bedroom. Mm-hmm. And then, I, then that floating shelf that Lindsay and I had in our room. Yeah. I'm going to put that under the smaller mirror and I'm going to find little perfumes on there. <gasps> okay. It'll just be my little station. Wait, I have to know, have you decided on a perfume? Tiff. I'm still on my journey, to be honest. I know that I'm just, let's be honest, it's going to be another 13. I know that, you know that, we all know that. I love that one. But I still feel very committed to the um, bergamot, the one that we all kind of really liked. Is that the, is that the name of it or is that the 29? I think it's 29. Okay. Bergamot. I liked that one. Yeah. Um, So, but here's the thing. I also have not been wearing it. I don't want to waste Le Labo on RA camp and quarantine. Right. Quarantine by myself. Exactly. Who can smell you then? Right. Exactly. Who can you impress then? But do I still wear perfume? Yeah, I do for myself, but just not the good stuff. Exactly. <laughs> so. Because, because you know that you already love you. Right. And you're not trying to get anyone else to date you. Exactly. And but you know are. what, Tiff? Let me tell you something. Tell me. Having a pair of matching gym jams. Okay, so you got your fresh sheets. I've got my matching gym jams. I'm smelling good. I just mm-hmm. took a bath. Mm-hmm. I squirted myself. My nails are done. Mm-hmm. And I just get under my covers in mm-hmm. my cute little matching gym jams. And I just feel like it's a game changer. You don't have to tell me twice. Uh, it's really opened up the door of my life to a different way of self-care. Yes. And seeing yourself. You can be yes. cute at night for yourself and it is, it matters. That's enough. That's enough, right? Yeah. Yes. I good. love it. 
Yeah, I got this pair of um, pajamas in May, and it's a matching navy, and it has, like, a white print. Mm. But it, they're just, like, so comfy, and then the right short size. Like, they're not too short, but they're not too long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, wa- the waist is perfectly elastic. I'm like, oh, Ooh. I feel 28. <laughs> Ooh, this 28. It's <laughs> different. I know. Yeah, I love it. And I always, like, watch those middle school um movies where they had a fire alarm happen in the middle of the night and I just Mm. think okay (laughs) I need to be prepared at all times in case you know in in case something happens yeah yeah like if you have showered and you've done the mask and you've done all the right things you've done like then lit the candle you have a cup of tea Mm -hmm. oh and shaved legs oh that's different level whole different level I mean oof listen that's an exciting Friday night (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true oh I I love it I love it um okay well let's jump in Em I'm really excited like just to talk with you and explore um the topic of creativity with you Mm. Um, for people who don't know you, would you just introduce yourself quickly, who you are, how maybe we know each other and just what you're doing in this season of life? Yeah. Well, I'm Amelia Kublin. (laughs) Um, I am an artist. Um, right now I am working as a resident director for Malone University in Canton, Ohio. Um, Basically, if you don't know what a resident director is, I am in charge of a dorm. Um, So that looks like mentoring girls, um, doing some disciplinary things, putting on some real fun events, um, and basically just living in community, which is what I'm really passionate about. And that also brings me to how I know Tiffany. We met at Bethel and we were housemates for three years and the best years of our whole life um, because we get to live with each other and learn with each other and grow with each other and mm-hmm. I'm your biggest fan and will always be and I miss living with you. Okay, now we don't need to get mushy online. Okay, shoot, gosh, now I'm going to start crying because I live on my own <laughs> and no one is walking around with pink little, not pink, fluffy little slippers with puff balls on the end of them and scooting around. Nobody. Nobody. Mm. Tough out here. So that's me. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what, what is your, you said you're an artist. In what, in what ways? So I, yeah, I'm a ceramic artist, which is probably I do all sorts of art and I really love teaching art. Um, Mm -hmm. But my, I dabble. I dabble in woodworking. I dabble in watercolor. I really love painting and drawing and all the whole works, but I'm most passionate about ceramics. And I think that's where uh, I've landed, Um, even though I think all of those mediums will be a part of my life. But Mm -hmm. ceramics is where it's at. That's where I have. grown the most and learned the most about the Lord. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Yeah. One day, one day 
there will be a video of you teaching a body of believers on your potting wheel and we'll all uh, be in tears and yes. it'll just be so good. That will, I love doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, and I like to be in the audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as a creative person in a lot of different areas, what does it generally mean to you? What does creativity mean to you? Yeah. Great question, Tiffany. Um, well, there are so many things that come in my mind, but I think first thing is that I think creativity is something that we all have. I think it's something that we are all born to do. Um, and generally speaking, I think it's just bringing something into existence. Hmm. Um, so whenever I'm teaching an art class, I always start out with explaining what creativity is and I separate skill set from creativity. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of times people are like, oh, creativity, you are painting or, um, I don't know, you're an actress or I don't know, some, some kind of arts related thing, which that is a huge part of creativity, but only a small part of it. I think mm -hmm. that um, the very first thing that the Lord wanted us to know about him in Genesis is that he created. Mm -hmm. um, and if we're made in his image and we're image bearers of who he is, then we are all supposed to create and bring something into existence. Um, so that could look like ideas, that could look like problem solving, that could look like um painting it could look like dancing it could look like a math equation even though i would have no idea <laughs> what <laughs> that's like um but someone else's lane yeah someone else's lane i'm gonna stay out of it um but yeah bringing something into existence um bringing two different ideas that have never been put together bringing them together um making it one uh, making really anything. Mm -hmm. It's much broader yeah. than, than what we think. Mm -hmm. It's the idea of being creative rather than doing something creative. Yeah, it's... Bringing, bringing anything into existence. Mm. And I think when we, when we, um, when we do that, we're being who we were created to be whenever we're kind of in, in our lane and bringing something into existence. I think it's irresistible to the world as well. Um, yeah. and I think that's where trends come in is when someone was creative. Um, and it's irresistible to everyone. Everyone wants to be a part of it because it was so unique because yeah. that one person was obedient to, to their identity. Yeah. Um, hmm. yeah, I was thinking about that today of how like, there are so many trends happening and we're, we're drawn to it because of one person's creativity. And we all wanted to be a part of it because it was so unique and different, mm -hmm. but then it sets us up to not be creative ourselves. It's like this weird trap, but because mm -hmm. 
because of creativity. It was the like mm, irresistible. Let me, let me get that. Mm-hmm. Let me do that middle part. You know what I mean, girl? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Listen, the middle part, don't get me started. That's a whole nother vibe. Okay. I have a couple questions for okay. you as somebody who, um, lives creatively as someone who, um, is influential when she wants to be and when she doesn't want to be, whenever you're leading students, whenever you're living in a house of other women, how do you, how do you in like influence people to be their own kind of creative and to cultivate that inside of them? How do you, how do you teach somebody that that feels like a root issue so how do you teach someone a root system oh that's a great question my first thought is is freedom that i think it all has to start with freedom that if if i can if i can be around you and get you so like satisfied in who you are and so like in love with you and free to be you then then that's just naturally going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other steps I think will just fall in line. If, if we can love ourselves, if we can find freedom in um, who we are, if we can free ourselves from the opinion of other people and from the standard that either other people have for us or that we have for ourselves, if we can just let loose. Yeah. And dance in front of the mirror. <laughs> Tip. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think it all, it all starts there and yeah. everything will just kind of take its course. Mm-hmm. Um, You've told a story before about you were in school and your art teacher had you create something and it couldn't look like something else. Do you remember this? It was like a statue. Do you remember oh, my crazy art professor that I literally strung tissue on a wire and she like loved it? Maybe she loved it, but it was, she was trying to teach you to be yourself. She was trying to teach your, her students that, well, shoot, now I'm, I'm forgetting, but she was trying <laughs> to teach you guys like how to create something that hasn't been created before. Yes. Yeah. Can you tell that story? Yeah. So I... I, we had this weird professor, like just weird. And I, I was a freshman, so I'm still trying to be cool. Um, (laughs) And I'm in art school, so I'm just surrounded by a bunch of creatures and I'm a creature myself, but I just can't let anybody know that. Um, And she would have us do the weirdest things. Like one day she brought in a box of shoulder pads Lit actual shoulder pads that came in like clothing mm-hmm. that your mom doesn't want anymore. And she just, I don't know, went to the thrift store and collected like, right. Where did all she get shoulder- those? We don't know. We don't know a whole box of them. Um, and she set them on a table and said, okay, this is your material. Um, you're going to make a sculpture out of shoulder pads. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, like what, what does this look like here? Um, but she taught us how to like disassemble something and can you hear what's going on out there? No. Okay. I live on, (laughs) I live on a campus and someone's got a microphone out there and they're like, check one, two, three. I don't know. 
we could be in for a real treat. Sorry if you can hear that. Um, but she, yeah, so she brings it in. We have to disassemble all of these shoulder pads and explore the material. We, she like encourages us to get the material wet and then see what happens when it dries. And um, just like really valuing exploration and, um, but the only thing that we could use was shoulder pads. <laughs> Um, That's so fascinating. Yes. And so I think that, I mean, it taught me a lot about, although I thought it was so strange, um, but it taught me a lot about what creativity actually was in discovering something new. And obviously I'm not going to use a shoulder. There's limited things you could do with with Mm -hmm. one shoulder pad as a shoulder pad. You think that that is worthless, but then you take it apart and you um, disassemble it and you Mm -hmm. find so much more in this shoulder pad and I ended up making some kind of weird bird and a giant nest and I I don't even know she loved it another project I did with her she she said this project can't look like anything yet um and we could use anything but it had to look like nothing we've seen before and I was paralyzed at that thought and so I ended up like taking a wire a wire and tissue paper and I was stringing these like tissues on a wire and it was coming out of a wall and there was, it was like built up. It was like a pile of used Kleenex yeah. on, a, on a wire. And I got an A plus on it. I had no idea what I was doing. I was humiliated that something like that would even like have my name attached to it. Um, but I mean, it, it, it did force me to be creative and to think yeah. outside of what I've already seen and think outside of what I know to be good and what I know to be valued and to take risk in mm-hmm. art and to actually let myself um, not be confined to something that's already been said as beautiful, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you talk more on the idea of what it, what success looks like in the creative world? Like, mm. what would be success? Because is it the end result or is it the process of it? Is it your heart in it? What would be success? I think that really depends on who you're talking to. Um, if you're talking to me, which you are, I would say that success is in the process and success is, um, creating is my like secret place. And so success for me is connecting with my creator while creating. Um, And so I think that makes it really hard in the art world of like critiques and and skill sets and Mm -hmm. talent and all of that. I think that's separate from what I I really value in art and creativity. Um, So I'm, I'm less worried about if someone can know color, the color wheel and color theory and all of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm more um, interested in the heart behind something and the process they went through um, and in finding their own path. I I find value in color theory too, but only if I'm trying to be like Picasso, which I'm I'm not, so. (laughs) Right. 
I found that you are really encouraging in that whenever I want to use my words right, but whenever I express creativity in my own mm -hmm. life and it breaks my boundaries of like, this has to be this way, or this is what I see in my head and I want it to come out this way. Mm -hmm. And you've always been really encouraging, like, well, this is great that you're doing it. Like, and that's great in itself. And I'm like, no, but it has to look this way. I have this vision in my head. But, <laughs> and yeah, I think, I, mean, I think when you like have that vision in your head, that's its own box. Like, I think we lose something when, hmm. when we're limited to the vision that we have in our head. Like that's its own wow. trap. <laughs> and, wow. and so if we can just let art create itself and if we could just let the pen be moved and and let I sound so whimsical but it I believe I it with my whole heart I know. Um, but it might look a little bit unusual because you've probably never seen it before because it's actually creativity because it's actually something new because it's hmm. um it's uncomfortable it's you've never done it before and it's risky and Ooh, will someone see it? I don't know. Will someone hate it? Probably, but that's going to be the case for the rest of your life. You could, you could draw someone and have it look exactly like someone. And that's great. That takes a lot of skill, but I could take a picture if I wanted it to look like that. <laughs> if I wanted to do something creative, I'm a stick figure. The first person who designed a stick figure is like hella creative. Like that is an interpretation of a human body that um, is way more creative than, than a real talented person who can mimic yeah. or duplicate something, you know, which is talented. Mm -hmm. I'm very impressed by those people. I'm not that person. Um, yeah. But yeah. Oof. This is really good. This is really good. <laughs> Yeah, smack that head, girl. Feel <laughs> like inspired, encouraged, and challenged to mm. look in my own life and allow area, allow space to like explore creativity without like even the agenda of what I want it would to be like. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, okay. It takes. Okay. It takes so. It takes a lot to get to that space and to be comfortable in there. I just had my, all of my, um, all of my RAs. I bought them all sketchbooks cause you can't take creativity away from me. You just can't, I'm going to be an art teacher. No matter what I do, you're <laughs> grab your sketchbook. <laughs> um, but I just had them all like make their first drawings on, um, in their sketchbooks. And I like took away any kind of like, tool that they could have to make something look good. So I said, well, you can't, you can only look at what you're drawing. You cannot look at your paper. You cannot pick up your pencil. Um, taking away all of the pressure to make something look exactly mm -hmm. like what they see. Um, and that's their very first thing that they make on their first page. Mm -hmm. um, so that it just immediately rushes you into a place that like marking your book as a place of freedom and as a place of like, this isn't about what it looks like. This isn't about duplication. This is about finding something new. Um, and like what they made was beautiful in their, uh -huh. in its own weird abstract way. Um, yeah. 
Oh, I love, I love yeah. when you teach people how to do it. You can Ooh, yeah. teach me all day. You what? You can teach me all day. Oh, girl. Girl, come on over. Sit okay. on my green chair. Okay. You know I want to sit in that winged back chair. Oh, yes. It's green velvet, just so you guys know. Wing back, green velvet, Ikea chair. It's a dream chair. I have it. So come sit on it if you're into it. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I think people are going to love you because yeah. you're just so free and you invite other people to be free. So listen. Yeah. Anyways, um, <laughs> you sound like you are really in a healthy spot, creativity wise and secure in your identity as an artist, as a person who is creative, um, who's now teaching others to walk in this. Um, was there ever a time where you felt like you doubted creativity oh. in your life? And can you tell me about it? <laughs> yes. And I would still say that I doubt it all the time. Mm -hmm. um, it took me a very long time to even say that I was an artist. I mm -hmm. felt like that was something that wasn't for me. Um, really? I felt like I loved art and I was studying art, but it just took me a really long time to say, oh yeah, I'm an artist. Ooh, that feels like- When did like, you say that? I think, I think I didn't say it until like my junior year of college. And I started, uh -huh. I started college, you know, as a freshman, as an art major. So, um, and I've been an artist for a very long time, but yeah, the, the title of that felt like too much pressure that I would have to like, I don't know, live up to, live up to that title. And what did that look like? I don't know, but I was like crumbling under whatever that was. Um, but, and, and my first, um, my first art class in my first critique was like an absolute <laughs> game changer for me because you, you make something, right? You spend like weeks creating something. And if you're me, you're putting like your heart and soul into it. It's not just about skill. It's about the process. It's about, you know, how I'm, um, processing my life or, or like really painful parts of me or really yeah. beautiful parts of me, or it's very vulnerable. Yeah. My art is vulnerable. That's what I'll say. Um, and so I had never done a critique before. So in a critique, you hang up whatever you've made and your whole class just decides if they like it, if they hate it and what needs and to they change. let you know. Yeah. They let you know. And your professor does too. And so you're like, oh, cool. Well, that's just like my whole life story sitting on that wall and you don't like the way that it's shaded. So, um, awesome. About <laughs> you or no. And what? And it says something about you. It, at the time it, yeah. it did, you know, it kind of defined me because I have put my heart and soul into it. Um, and I think that's also what I, I've, I've always, I think everyone kind of struggles with this. If someone says something really negative about what you've made or what you've done, like you're going to hear that way louder than like the thousand people who have said, Oh, but this is really great. And I love this. And this is awesome. Mm. Um, so Anyway, first critique, doubted a lot, super vulnerable. Um, and then as I started growing as an artist and growing in my relationship with Christ, I, I realized that art was way more about, way more 
than skill <laughs> and mm -hmm. color theory and all of that. Um, and I had to, and I had to go through that process of like, what is this about for me? You know, what, what do I want my art to be about? Is it about processing my life and connecting with the Lord? Yeah, that matters more to me. So, mm. so when I put it up for critique, I'm going to know that they're looking at talent and um, they're trying to like develop my skill set, not who I am that is a part of it. Not, they're not evaluating my relationship with Christ. They're not re evaluating yeah. like my life story or me. Um, That's when so I could, good. Yeah, when I could separate those things. Mm -hmm. And, and critiques really do help you grow. You're like, oh, okay, didn't really see that, and and you could see that. So great. Um, Oof, I feel like that is so applicable in all parts of life. Like, mm, if I can yes. separate, if I can separate, like external success, what my job is, what my mm. like anything. If I, my job, my house, my family status my anything apart from my identity and who am I trying to live as like paralleling to your art journey of your process like if I can say these are the core values of my life and if I'm living up to that success like uh -huh. if I'm connected to my heart and to God if I'm living in a healthy relationship among my family like you know and adding core values to that but and not deeming success so that whenever people critique your external work, mm -hmm. it doesn't take such a hit to you, but yes. allowing feedback into your life to help you grow as a human being. Mm -hmm. This feels so applicable to every part. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're so right. I think, I think now that you say that, I think I've definitely like that shaped a huge part of my spiritual world and mm -hmm. like even living with you guys and mm -hmm. how we lived life of of taking feedback and making those changes and yes, owning our own um our own emotions and not each other's you know oh. and like <laughs> love it <laughs> really truly truly I think I'm better human being because I lived with you oh for sure I'm way better you Listen. guys made me a better woman Listen, I hope that one day, like, we could all be on a podcast, all eight of us, all three oh of us. Yes. And, and literally, like, if the Lord wills, and if we all sign an agreement to not get our feelings hurt, but, like, bring up specific situations Ooh. and, like, retrospectively talk about them and teach yeah. others about them. I'm like, mm -hmm. listen, the Lord did a good thing when he put us together. Oh, he really did. He really did. I talk about our house all the time and the way that we've navigated conflict and everything that we, you know, got thrown at us with my RAs because they're right now trying to build community on their floors. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, let me just pull from this giant bag of experience with my eight housemates. Yeah. And so, yeah, I feel like I have all the tools because we were also willing to learn and grow from each other yeah Ooh. not just in the bad times like in super in the fun good yes good times like I feel like I can pull from pull from that too may probably more if I'm yeah honest. oh like, how to how to 
allow eight powerful women live yep. together and not one person is shrinking back with well with permission to be there for more than two days yeah um how to show up fully amongst incredible people Oof. how to learn and grow and allow people to speak into your life and be vulnerable and mm. how to take trips how to plan how to plan a trip listen Ooh, girl 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 <laughs> let's work together I, I am <laughs> this is not our first time talking about this don't put us on blast on that i'm sorry i'm sorry i just can't wait <laughs> i can't either it's gonna be good <gasps> stay tuned yeah stay tuned everyone um okay let's come back to creativity okay yes um I know this but not everybody knows this who is your favorite artist of all time and why Uh, oh my dear goodness I love Vincent Van Gogh I've got two giant coffee table books (laughs) of Vincent Van Gogh that I got at the Cal's bookstore um sponsor us Cal's yeah please I want him to be my friend. I think, I think I've, yeah, I think he is. You know those girls who came in every day during quarantine because my shop was the only one open? (laughs) That was me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and I love Vincent because, well, for so many reasons. I love visually what's going on in his artwork. Mm -hmm. Um, But he also had a really hard upbringing and relationship with the Lord and um, he wanted to connect with people and he wanted to be with people and he wanted to um, minister with people and so he he made artwork that represented normal people and really normal things but he made it extraordinary. Um, I also really love Pablo Picasso um, and I'm drawn to him because he um, he led so many different movements and by the time that people caught on to his movement he'd already moved on so like he would like be the trendsetter people would be like "Ooh, I like that style I'm gonna do that and then he was like okay well you've caught on I'm really moved on from that so I'm just gonna start a whole new movement and he did that several times um I love that too and so I really um I really love that about him um yeah okay Hmm. Amelia in in a hundred years somebody will be having a um you know, who knows what kind of video interview they'll be having in that day, but they'll be talking about artists from a hundred years ago. <laughs> and someone will say, oh, my, my favorite artist of all time is Amelia Kuplin. And she <laughs> X, Y, and Z. What do you want to be remembered by in your art and your life? Well, first of all, if that's not my mom, then I don't know who it would, <laughs> oh. it would be. Um, but but I would love to be remembered as, as someone whose artwork um, drew them in, into an experience, drew them into an encounter with the Lord or with, mm-hmm. their, with their own personal identity journey, that they mm-hmm. felt alive, that they felt themselves, that they felt that they could relate to something or if, or if my artwork put... Um, 
language to how they were feeling or um if it's pottery i think i pray into everything that i make so it's it's a different kind of of art but i think if they could just wake up every morning and use my mug and and encounter the peace of god in the um because i've prayed and prophesied into that um mug or plate or bowl or whatever it is um but if they could just experience his presence through something that i've made with my hands then i feel like i've that's it that's all i want i just want you to yeah know know him (laughs) well okay Hmm. i love that i love it so much well i feel really inspired to go do something creative creative creativity a creative way to say creativity that's what I like (laughs) (laughs) um is there anything that we didn't talk about that you would like to talk about um well we could just talk about understanding the Lord's nature in creativity okay good talk about that let's Um, do it okay because I think I think this is an important part of of creatives and if you don't believe that you are creative um i think it's just just encounter the lord um yeah. but and you've you've heard this talk you you know this talk and i <laughs> i love to sit at the wheel and kind of um yeah take us in and <laughs> explain um the process and i and i won't quite do that um, because it's way better if you can visually see it. Um, but every time you sit down and you bring something into existence, so whether that be um, a song, whether that be a writing thing, a math equation, um, you as the master of whatever your craft is, you bringing something into existence is the process that Christ went through when creating you. So then you get to know his thoughts, his feelings toward what he's making. So when I sit down and I make something, um, it's not, it's not thoughtless. (laughs) I've put a lot of thought into it and I've, I've sketched it out. You know, I have, um, I've dreamed it up probably a few weeks and then I finally sit down and I go through the sketches and then I pick a sketch that I think is what I want to make. And then I, sit down and I actually like bring to reality what's been in my head. Um, and, and while I'm in that process, I have this, this intimacy that's like exchanged from me and me as artists and created thing. We have this relationship that is going on. And I, I, as the potter, I'll go to pottery. Um, I, as the potter, am listening to the clay and what its needs are. So I'm not overpowering it. I'm not, um, yeah, I'm not being overbearing. I have control and I'm the master of this material. I've studied it and I know it and I know its needs, but I'm listening to what it's saying. So I know the feeling of what it feels like when it needs more water. I know when it has too much water. I know if it's got a little wobble. and so, and so it's this, this relationship, right? Like it's not one-sided. And I think that kind of blows me away every time I sit down and I realize that 
uh, I'm wearing the clay and as I walk away from what I've made, I have it all over me, you know, like I'm a part of, of this. Um, and my fingerprints are literally all up in this thing that I'm making and I've left my mark in it. Um, and, and I don't think the Lord ever steps away from that process that I feel like when I'm making art, like I feel like you we're in this continual creation process like that is never his hands are never off of the clay um and I think about how proud I am after like I've made something or while I'm making it or if I've walked away and I'm wearing clay I'm so proud that like people know who I've been with and what I've been doing and Mm -hmm. um and when I think about that as the Lord is creating me that he's so proud to like have his name on me and to have his fingerprints in me and um that I'm on him too that like I've marked him that he's listened to me that he's responded to me um it just shaped everything and and kind of it was a game changer for me um of understanding the Lord's voice and understanding his nature after I learned about his creative nature um that he could be so proud and so careful and cautious and so like a listener and a and a lover and a father and ooh, ooh, it's good tiff i know it's good it makes me want to dig my paws into some clay Yeah, watching you on the wheel, watching potters on TikTok on the wheel. I love <laughs> watching how intimate they are with the clay. Mm-hmm. And to somebody who isn't skilled, you as the unskilled person don't know what the artist, what the potter knows. Mm-hmm. It's just like this really cool intuition. Like you know, you know what it needs. And it it is a beautiful reminder of how the Lord knows us yeah. better than we know ourselves. And like, if we submit as clay into his hands and let him mold us and shape us and let us be loved and intimate and known mm. by him, like little ugly clay can become a really beautiful vase. Yes. Ooh. And guess what, Tiffany? What? Woo! Guess oh, what? After you let that clay dry out, you put the glaze on it, you put it through the bis fire. After it's been through a fire, after it's been through the fire, right? The mm-hmm. the the kiln, the fire. Okay. Oh, it can never be the same again. It can never be the same again. It can never be the same again. It becomes eternal. It doesn't go back to clay. It can it never doesn't, be- it can never go back to clay. Once it's been put through the fire, it can never be put back into clay. Ooh. So just let that settle. Let that settle. Oh, being put through the fire twice. Oh gosh. That's lately that's been moving me like in the process. I think every year, I think I get stuck on a a part of the clay process and I just settle there and I let the Lord speak to me and what that means. And, and I think the last year has been the, the kiln part, the I'm, being put through a fire and then I become eternal. I like cannot go back. Yeah. Um, and I think that also represents our 
our years of living together um, and our experience at school of that kiln process. The mighty work that the Lord would do in us, that we would become like, yeah, strong, mm. unshakable, yeah. internal, unmovable. I'm like, okay, <clears throat> even if it would be easier to move back to be clay or, or to, you know, do whatever, like he's creating something beautiful in us. Mm-hmm. I'm here for that, M. Ooh, me too. Laura, you go ahead and do, you go ahead and do that. Yeah. Do your thing. I'll be here. I'll be the yeah. little clay. I'll be a little jar. Yeah. <laughs> Fill me up, God. <laughs> yeah. Here's my oil. Yeah. <laughs> okay, M. listen, you love to party. Ooh, do I love to party. Enneagram 7, ready to party. Ready, ready <laughs> at any given moment to party. And... I love to throw parties. Ooh. And I mm. have a question for you. Tell it to me, girl. If you can plan a party, but it has to be around the table. Okay. It can mm. be breakfast, lunch, or dinner, whatever. Mm. But we're sitting around the table. Uh, who is coming? What's the theme? What's, Ooh. There is no budget. We can go <gasps> anywhere. Just tell me about that day. Oh, oh, okay. First of all, if you guys need a party planning team, grab Tiff and I. We'll <laughs> grab our whole house, to be honest. Our whole house will just whip it right up. Um, ooh, this is too exciting. There's no budget. So, first of all, no one has to touch a thing. None of my friends have to do an, like a thing. You will sit down, you will enjoy, you don't have to worry about anything. That's ooh. number one. Everyone is going to, get paid really well to make an evening amazing. I like it. Um, who's invited? You are, Tiffany. You're invited. Our house is invited. And everyone can bring someone too, I think. I really That's love being Stacey straight. Said. Are you see? <laughs> of course she did. She's yep. a seven. That's why. <laughs> yeah, she was like, everyone can bring a friend. They don't even have to know each other. I'm like, yeah. Okay, I like that party. You know why? Because I, I love... I am intoxicated by like meeting new people, like that process of like knowing people and learning them and it's new. I, I love that. That can give me enough energy to like run a marathon. Um, so yeah, so my, my good friends and everyone brings someone that they love. Good friends. Okay. So we're all at a table and I'm thinking it's like frogmore stool stool <laughs> frogmore stew not stool you know when like there's like that that like brown paper and you oh. just like throw the food on there oh, and it's all yeah. in like a big old pot sure you know what i'm talking about like like occasionally charcuterie no not charcuterie although i think that that should be at a different table but not the one that we're eating at are you talking um, about like a, a cajun cookout maybe i don't like know where we eat crawfish yeah yeah, okay. that type of thing, except maybe some like crabs with the little hammers. Ooh, okay. That's the kind of vibe I want, but it's messy and everyone's eating from the same table, yeah. but we're all dressed up. So it's a little reckless. Okay, wild. I think I love that. I think I love that idea. We're all dressed up, but we're like smashing crabs with hammers. Okay. 
Yeah. I like it. Um, there's twinkly lights. I think maybe we've all traveled somewhere together. Ooh. So like, uh, there's twinkly lights. It's dark outside. There's a lake nearby. We're all dressed up, smashing crabs. We're having the best time ever. There are conversations happening. Ooh, no one can bring their cell phone. There's one disposable camera and we all have to use yes. it. Yes. So we can capture the moment, but it has to be like, you have 25 chances and that's it. Yeah. So there's no redos. You can't take a bunch of selfies. You can't do that because mm-hmm. you want everyone in them or you want to capture a specific thing. Ooh, yeah. I love that. I know. I'm getting excited. I oh, go. me too. I think that we should have this party. You know, Sarah and, has a lake house. Ooh, we should go. That's it. She had twinkle lights. I'm bringing them. We can break them. Yeah, we can. It's going to be my, in my carry-on. <laughs> At the end of the party, here's what I know is going to happen. We're all dressed up. We've just like eaten crab legs and smashed crabs and little tiny corn on the cobs. And then we jump into a lake or something reckless as well. I don't know, something crazy. Or maybe we, it's snowing outside and we all have a naked snow angel. I don't know. I don't know. Something crazy. (laughs) TBD on that part. Yeah. To be determined, I don't know. It would happen in the moment. It would come to me and then I would know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we would just follow. Yeah. There we go. We would and we would all be laughing in. so hard. We would be laughing so hard. Yeah. Oh, I want that party right now. I know. I can almost imagine it. It kind of belongs in the, she- in the uh, Sean and Nyquist book. Ooh. You don't she think I know what that stuff is. Like that. <laughs> okay, well, I really want to go to that party. That Me too. Like I think I... Is this my wedding? Is that what this this is? Is this party? My- <laughs> we better prophesy. <laughs> Lo, just bring him in. We're missing a very important piece. <laughs> oh. oh my goodness. Okay, and well, I really love talking with you. Thank you for sharing all of your yes. creativity with us. Yes. Thank you, Tiff, for having me. I love you so much. I really, I really, really love you. Okay. I love you too. <laughs> okay. All right. This was good.